0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're going to take a brief detour from the world of real estate investing to unpack one of the largest technology announcements to come out this year. For someone who's not deeply involved in the guts of the high-tech industry, you might have a hard time understanding the significance of the announcement. Prior to moving into the world of real estate investing, I was a microprocessor designer and I used to manage microprocessor development teams. I have processors designed into all kinds of applications all over the world. In seatback displays on aircraft, in color printers, in pachinko patchy slot machines in Japan, chips designed into hundreds of different applications. This is a world that I know deeply, so I thought that taking five minutes to share a perspective on the latest announcement by Apple would be a good use of five minutes. So here we go. Last week, Apple announced they were moving away from the Intel architecture of chips to the ARM architecture. And the question is, what does this really mean for you as a user of these devices? A few years ago, Apple upgraded the operating system of the iPhone to include many of the elements from macOS. There are three primary operating systems in wide use today in computers. Windows, which has majority share of the desktop market. Android, which has majority share of mobile devices. And Unix with all the different various Linux variants that make up the majority of the server world. The Mac operating system was based on the latter Unix technology. It's the most robust industrial strength operating system out there, and it's the least prone to security breaches. So when Apple introduced many of these elements to the iPhone, the iPhone really became a robust computer. Apple is trying to find a way to blur the lines between desktop computing that you find on their desktop computers and notebooks and the mobile computing platform that you've experienced on the iPhone and the iPad family of devices. Mac applications don't work on the iPhone and iPhone applications don't work on the Mac, at least up until now. The reason they don't interoperate is because the underlying hardware is different and the operating systems are also a little bit different, but that's easily fixed. It's like one microprocessor is speaking Spanish and the other one speaking English. The chips don't speak the same language and therefore, Software written for one chip doesn't work with the other. By putting the Mac on the same hardware platform as the iPhone and the iPad, the possibility exists for Mac applications to migrate onto the iPad and for the rich ecosystem of iPhone applications to work on the Mac. The second major difference comes in the realm of battery life and overall performance. The way to think of the difference between the Intel chips and the newly designed Apple chips is a little like comparing the difference between a Ferrari and a Volkswagen. The Ferrari is much more expensive. It's a much faster car under perfect conditions like a racetrack, but in real-world rush-hour conditions like Los Angeles or Dallas rush-hour, a Ferrari and a Volkswagen will perform remarkably the same. The Ferrari might beat the Volkswagen to a few traffic lights but the difference is going to be small because there's just so much traffic. Most importantly, the Ferrari is going to use a lot more fuel to get the same job done. So, which car is truly better? Well, of course the answer is it depends. The Intel chips are more like the Ferrari and the new Apple M1 chip is more like the Volkswagen. The Volkswagen will use a lot less fuel. The Apple M1 chip will consume less power than the Intel chip and therefore will have significantly longer battery life. I used to have a microprocessor design team in Austin, Texas, and out of the 75 people who used to work for me in that design center, almost all of them are now at Apple working on the new processor chips. The key to designing an effective microprocessor for a laptop computer is to find ways to save power, and that's the same as you would do in a mobile phone. That means turning off major sections of the chip when they're not being used, and you only turn on those sections when you absolutely need them. If we go back to our car analogy, Imagine if you wanted to design a Ferrari that had the same fuel economy as the Volkswagen. You might consider designing a 16-cylinder engine that has incredible maximum power. But in fuel-saving mode, 12 of those cylinders are turned off and don't consume fuel at all. The remaining 4 cylinders are the only ones that fire, making the engine appear similar to the Volkswagen engine under normal conditions. You can approach the fuel performance of the Volkswagen while maintaining the peak performance of the Ferrari without paying the fuel price for being a Ferrari, except when you absolutely need it. The latest announcement from Apple means that Apple maintains the lead again, not necessarily with a new whiz-bang feature, but in this case, blurring the lines between the desktop computing and the mobile computing experience. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.